Welcome. Welcome. I'm Nako Narder. I'm Emily Walborn. And this is Half Asian. Half Hour. Today we're going to talk about uh, the biggest piece of news on Asian Twitter, and it seems like film Twitter. Uh, A rare crossover. A rare crossover. (laughs) The controversy surrounding uh, Minari's categorization at the Golden Globes as a foreign language film, as opposed to Best Picture. Yeah, yeah because it's it's a rule the Hollywood Foreign Press Association has, um, where Best Picture and either drama or comedy or musical have to have at least 50% English. And because Minari is in majorly Korean, mm-hmm. it doesn't count and it has to be foreign language. Yes, um, and Phil Lord, who, okay, I've already forgotten who he is. He's important, though. <laughs> he tweeted, He's, isn't he the Lego uh, director? Something like Chris, that. Kristen, not him. I think, I yes. But he tweeted, I just can't see why any film in any language would be disqualified from competing in the best picture categories. What is the rationale? Which I agree with. I don't understand yeah. Like, no wonder Bong Joon-ho said you're very local. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's just a rule that, like, is it's just a gatekeeping rule to keep out communities that don't speak English and then to call them foreign, only others, them, within America. Yes. So Minari is a movie that I... I really feel like the reason they didn't do it is because they are scared that Minari's going to win. Um, <laughs> so it was the winner of the Grand Jury Prize and the Audience Award at Sundance, which are kind of the two biggest awards there. And when I was, I volunteered there this year, I didn't get a chance to see it because it was sold out every screening. Gosh, and I didn't ask if you saw it. I tried, it was like the main one I tried to see that I couldn't. And I was working the second largest theater and Pretty much every shift that I worked, we never had to turn people away. We always had room. Or, like, maybe we had to turn, like, a few people away. Minari, we turned away, like, 75, like, um, there was, like, a line just for people who had paid, like, an extra $1,000 pass to, like, cut to the front of the line. We had to turn away, like, 75 of those people. Whoa. And I said to everybody... Isn't it cool that an Asian film is this crowded? Aren't you guys excited? And nobody was excited, but I tried to cheer everybody up. Um, <laughs> and when they turned them away, they weren't excited. No, they weren't excited. Uh, Lee Isaac Chung, the director, was born in Denver, so he's not foreign. The film is set in Arkansas, famously in America, shot in Tulsa, Oklahoma, produced by A24 and Plan B Entertainment, both American production companies. And in America, nearly 20% of households speak a language other than English. So, so far, we've there's no disqualifying information about Minari, uh, save yes. for the fact that more than 50% of the dialogue is not in English. Right. And that is the whole basis for this rule, mm-hmm. for this categorization. Yeah. And so they, Variety tweeted the article saying Minari will not be competing, whatever, at 5 p.m. on December 22nd. Within 24 hours, if you Googled Minari, all, all that would come up was, like, six articles on, like, the controversy. And, like, con- it was, like, yeah. Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, yeah. being, like, there's a lot of backlash, like, immediately. 
there was so much coverage of everyone hating this decision. Right. And so what's interesting is that this is the second year in a row that this has Mm -hmm. been an issue. The Farewell last year also had the same problem Mm -hmm. as it's in 80% Mandarin. And it was also considered uh, for the best foreign language film. The good news is Steven Yeun and Yeri Han are still eligible in the leading acting categories in drama. So, which notably Parasite last year was the first film to win the Best Picture Oscar and not have any of the cast nominated for the acting categories. And that hadn't happened since Slumdog Millionaire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like, the Oscars don't have the same rule as the Mm -hmm. Golden Globes, so it is going to be eligible for Best Picture. Um, I mean, last year with The Farewell, Aquafina was nominated nominated and won for Best Actress in a Comedy or Musical. Um, Which The Farewell was, I guess. Yeah, The Farewell was obviously just... A musical um, comedy. From the beginning to end, just (laughs) laugh out loud, funny. Um, You actually cry so hard because you're laughing. Yeah. Um, And then there's that great musical number at the end. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So on the podcast, Call Me Bruce, they, they talked about the ruling of The Farewell last year. Mm -hmm. And they said it doesn't align with the increasingly global nature of the film and television landscape. Mm -hmm. And it creates a circumstance where non-white creatives and performers who choose to tell stories in their ancestral cultures are systematically discriminated against. Yeah. It's just, that's just what it is. Like, yeah, it's just keeping out people of color. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, otherwise, what is the rationale between not doing that to Call Me By Your Name and Glorious Bastards? So what's interesting about um, Inglorious Bastards mm-hmm. is it is in um, what they said. So there's multiple languages, I guess, in that mm-hmm. film. I don't know. I don't watch <laughs> Quentin's movies. I haven't but seen it I don't intend to. I really don't want to. Um, <laughs> but it's only 30% in English. So... For that movie, there was apparently a different rule in place for that season mm-hmm. um, because earlier uh, in, a, in another season, this movie called Babel, which I guess also has multiple languages. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like, that was up for best drama or something. It was like, it was multiple languages, but it was within a percent or two of 50% that it, mm-hmm. it like got into best drama. Mm-hmm. And then that year foreign language nominations had <laughs> letters to Iwo Jima from Clint Eastwood and Apocalypto mm-hmm. from Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. So they made a different rule for that following year. Yes. That was um, films with major financing or creative elements from the United States wouldn't be allowed to compete in the foreign language mm-hmm. category. And so that was the year that uh, Inglorious Bastards was in for the awards. And so that's why it got moved. Right. Right. And then that rule was dropped in 2009 after right. seeing Nombre from Carrie Fukunaga uh, went without any Globes nominations. Yeah. So um, not sure why why it was dropped in 2009 for seeing Nombre. Um, yeah. That is a good movie. Yeah. But. I haven't seen it, but it sounds good. Yeah. But so so basically these rules are... <laughs> completely obviously made up can be changed right. at any time have right. been changed many times completely yes. arbitrarily right and it seemed to only change when two of the foreign language films that were nominated in a previous year 
were from white guys. Yeah. Oh, Phil Lord is the producer of Into the Spider-Verse. That's who Yeah, he, is. he did, and he does, he's like Chris Miller and Phil Lord is how it, they're the directing gotcha. team of, like, um, Lego and Half a Solo. Okay. He, so I have a lot of pull quotes of different things that celebrities said in response to this. So he said, the thing is on Minari and the Globes, this isn't an oversight, it's a choice. This could and changed after last year. This year, many people made the case that Minari is an American film. This is a carefully considered, deliberate, harmful decision. I kind of also thought, like... Just because much like with Parasite and the Oscars, that article that was like, Parasite does not need the Oscars, but the Oscars does need Parasite, and it is going to look so much worse for the Oscars if Parasite does not win. I think if Parasite hadn't won, it would have been like a pretty crucial blow to the Oscars permanently, or at least for a while. And I think similarly... Minari is going to be revered one way or another. Like, everyone is excited about it, and it hasn't even come out yet. Whereas the Golden right. Globes, everyone kind of already, like, thinks is dumb. And Right. Like, I mean, the Golden Globes notoriously give out very weird, like, very weird choices for the awards. Yes. Like, yeah. when I do my my ballot for that while I watch, I'm, mm-hmm. I never do well <laughs> because the things you think should win never win. So, yeah, yes, that is a good point. I, yeah, I think that they are just scared that Minari is gonna win over like another round or all the other movies that are nominated look so stupid and boring. So another round I watched it was pretty fun. Okay, was, and I'm wrong. Sweet. I didn't see it. Um, but there are a lot of other, like. Trial of Chicago 7? Come on. That, no. Like, yeah. <laughs> if that wins, like, what are we doing as a country? That was the most, like, basic liberal politics in a movie I've ever seen. So, yeah. you know, yeah. like, over, like, an authentic story about Asian Americans, you know. Yeah. I think maybe it would change for next year mm-hmm. in a similar, like, um, babble to inglorious bastards type of situation mm-hmm. um i i don't think they'll do a sudden change for this year um, yeah but but it's also like well this happened last year with the farewell asian twitter was as upset yeah <laughs> and and it yet didn't. it didn't it didn't change anything for this year for minari mm-hmm yeah, and I think, like, my friend was like, how can the Globes, like, blunder this so bad? Like, this just, like, ha- they had to know this was going to be received poorly by everyone. Like, they had to know that. And yeah. I was like, I think the thing to remember is that Crazy Rich Asians came out literally two years ago. And representation for Asian people has exploded at breakneck speed. Since then, to the point where I think we forget how recently, like, here I've listed all the whitewashing incidents. They're all from the last five years. Emma Stone in Aloha, that was 2015. Mackenzie Davis in The Martian, 2015. Tilda Swinton, 2016. ScarJo, 2017, 18, 19, and 2003. Matt Damon, 2016. Alison Brie, 2014 to 2020. Iron Fist, 2018. Natalie Dormer, 2016. Evan Rachel Wood is in a movie and this oh is only God. East Asians. Like, this, yeah, right. This isn't any of the other races that get regularly whitewashed. Um, yeah. 
And not only are these offenses super fucking recent, none of these actors' careers were hurt. If no. anything, they like these people all continue to be the highest paid and most successful working actors in the industry. So like if that was allowed and celebrated four years ago, like mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of institutions that are taking a lot longer to catch up. Yeah. Given that it has only been two years since we have publicly decided it's not okay to tell Asian people they don't matter anymore. Right. I think they're still getting used to that. And I think yeah. there might have been a small part of the Globes trying to test what they could get away with. Right. And I think, like, it was big when the Oscars changed it from foreign language to international film. Like, I think that was a good step in in the right direction for for that. And I think, like... The gold, the Golden Globes just need to catch up, and I don't, I don't quite, I just don't really understand the whole language barrier because it's like, yes, languages are international. People speak different languages across the world. Like this happened in in twenty nineteen, Nigeria submitted uh, their first film for the international film category for the Oscars, but were disqualified because it was in English. Like and that is the <laughs> that is the language of Nigeria, and so. God. And so, Jesus. yeah, like, and what Lulu Wang said about that, what she said, it calls attention to the delineation of foreign film versus foreign language film, which makes more, which makes more sense. Can a foreign film be in our language, i.e. English? Can a domestic American film be in foreign language? What does it mean to be foreign What yeah. and to be American? So, I mean. Yeah. As usual, you are right, Lulu Wong. She's always right. Um, yeah, yeah. And, I and it's also like upsetting that that happened to the farewell that it was mm-hmm. miscategorized into mm-hmm. foreign language film, miscategorized in Aquafina winning <laughs> <laughs> comedic actress, comedic or musical actress, mm-hmm. and completely shut and then completely shut out of the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it is still a win in that two years ago, an Asian person winning the Oscar for acting, the chances were, I mean, virtually nothing. Even the most like, oh, it's totally fair person. If you ask them, do you think an Asian person is going to win next year? Not a single person is going to say yes. Our very podcast would not have existed because there was nothing to review. Right. And much like with the Shane Gillis thing, like when you sent me that video, I didn't watch it because I was like, I think you and I are going to be the only people who care about this. But then like, I was surprised. A lot of people were like, no, this is wrong now. Things are getting better really, really quickly. And I think there would have been a world where nobody was getting mad at the Golden Globes, but instead everybody was upset, if not agreed with. And all of the Asian celebrities I have on here and non-Asian ones, like, there just weren't this many people who had, like, blue checks who were Asian two years right. ago. Yeah. Like, so Philippa Sue, Nia DaCosta, Harry Shum Jr., Daniel J. Kim, Lulu Wong, Min Jin Lee, California Congressman Ted Leo. Like, <laughs> so many people. Yeah, it, it is it's just so interesting to see from, like, last year when essentially the same thing happened. To, yeah. And, like, truly 
people were like, well, it's getting the recognition it deserves, which, of course, like, I'm so glad that it did get the recognition that Aquafina was the first Asian American woman to win a Golden Globe in that category um, in 2019 or 20, I guess, early 2020. Um, But like nobody was outraged. It was like only Asian right. that was outraged that it was miscategorized and like why right. can't we get we're we're being othered within within our own country, still mm-hmm. within the institutions that make make these movies within the industry we work for. Mm-hmm. And then to this year where people where people are outraged, it's it's like a huge shift. Yeah. Yeah. Just within a year. And so I can only hope a year from now things will be even better. And I don't even mean the Globes will be fair. I really hope, for me, I think the goal is for us to not put so much weight on the Globes and the Oscars. They're two institutions that I think are net negative. I think they do much more harm than they do good. It's so I don't politi- understand. Yeah, it's so yeah. political. It's like the voting system is weird. You know, the movies that end up as the best pictures, you're like, okay (laughs) like I haven't even like some of these seem like weird choices you know and it's like they're not totally representative of the industry not at all and everyone is like oh it's just an award show and that's at best and yet it's able to do a lot of harm by boxing out like all of these people every year so for me progress is not having Oscars and Golden Globes anymore that's my little Hanukkah wish but I guess non-white and foreign uh creators uh having a chance to participate is a close second yeah and I mean like yeah all for giving people recognition for their great work but like we need to acknowledge everybody's great work doesn't Mm -hmm. matter like doesn't matter their star power or Mm -hmm. how white they are (laughs) or how male they are you know it's like we need to it just needs to be more inclusive to actually represent the industry and the work being done. But uh, today we're here to talk about The Farewell. It might not have gotten a Golden Globe from the actual Golden Globes, but it does get one from us. Yeah, and it gets, gets all, look, it gets all the Oscar nominations and wins that it deserves from us as well. Yes, it gets Best Comedy Movie of the Year. <laughs> I mean... I, that's the last thing I'll say about them getting shut out at the Oscars, but <laughs> Renee Zellweger and Judy winning. Literally. <laughs> being no, first of all, being nominated. Second of all, winning. Aquafina, not even nominated. J-Lo, not even nominated. I, yeah. ScarJo nominated. ScarJo nominated twice. ScarJo nominated twice. Charlize, I, I love Charlize, I really do. I think she's I a great too. actress. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Charlize and Bombshell? At least Charlize and Longshot, guys. That's yeah. my take. <laughs> That's incredibly fair. I'm sorry. I can't even... Oh, my gosh. This is going to sound bad. I can't say her name. Shorsha Ronan? I don't know how Sir to say Sh- her name. But, I mean, I feel like you and I probably have similar takes on Pretty Little... Pretty, or whatever. Little Women? Yeah. Pretty Little Women? I did not like Little Women. Little, I do not like Greta Gerwig. Little Women that- Lies? Yeah. Yeah. Greta Gerwig is single-handedly driving a wedge between me and every white woman in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, I think 
that's the same with me and also many of the people we went to Emerson with driving a wedge between me and them yeah (laughs) (laughs) I just I feel like I'm being pranked when people say they like her movies yeah and it's like okay you you watch Little Women and you watch The Farewell Mm -hmm. and Little Women should get more nominations Well, what you have to understand was that a lot of people saw themselves in Little Women because they, too, were the daughters of a Civil War soldier. They, too, are white um, people that live on a farm. They also have a lot of sisters. Um, They, like, uh, working at a newspaper. Their dad is also... Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. So you have to understand that representation matters. And for you to discount people finally getting to see themselves on screen is actually pretty fucked up. Finally getting to see another adaptation of Little Women. Yeah. It's actually really rude to deny people. Um, the author, Anna Todd, and by author, I mean she wrote the fan fiction trilogy that After is based on. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a One Direction fan fiction that was on Wattpad that became a book. 1500 pages of books anyway her new project is she is doing a new take on little women <laughs> okay what is it with little women what, like what people like about i don't get it i think that that is like the only representation white women ha- felt like they had in elementary school literature <laughs> i feel like all of the books i read had little white girls in it yeah and that's on you it actually yeah it's completely on me you should have I should have diversified I should have sought it out you should have looked for the wide range of Asian American literature that was available in predominantly white schools yeah I think she there I know there was a whole bookshelf in the library about it and I just never went to it yeah (laughs) yeah so I don't think that you can be taking out your own shortcomings on an industry that's honestly just doing their best to like kind of make cool stories (laughs) Uh, um, alright we're 25 minutes into the pod let's let's talk about this ding dang movie um, and it's like okay the thing I'll say about the farewell I think it is going to be kind of hard to recap because it is like so much in the directing and performances yes. and yeah. like the little moments that make this movie so amazing yes I was looking when I was taking notes I was more taking notes on evidence or just like looking at whether it was or was not a U.S. movie was kind of the mm. direction I was taking when I took notes. Because when I, I was explaining to my mom the Minari controversy, and I showed her the trailer, she, like, didn't really... And she, like, started laughing. She was like, LOL, this is obviously an American movie. And I told yeah. her, I was like, yeah, and, you know, last year The Farewell was also categorized as foreign. And she laughed again. She was like, what is everybody talking about? Like, <laughs> duh, what? Yeah. Okay, um, so The Farewell, we open on... A voice uh, talking over the PA in Mandarin, and the titles, the title cards are in Mandarin and English. So, this is already your first clue that this does not belong in the best picture category. <laughs> Golden Globes <laughs> deserves. Yeah, they they only watched the first few seconds and were like, oh, I'm actually gonna <laughs> yeah, turn this next. off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, gotta send this to the guys who vote in the weird category. Um, 
So then Aquafina calls her grandmother and they have a conversation almost entirely in Mandarin. Uh, and her grandmother is doing the universal grandmother thing, worrying and being like, do you have enough of this? Are you eating enough? Or, you know, whatever. Uh, the thing that everyone's grandma says, but again, this is another condemnation against it being in the best picture category because this conversation is famously in Mandarin. And so far, no white guys? Whoa. That doesn't seem right. Yeah, kind of an extra long intro, we think, maybe. Sort of a really long expository. They're actually uh, setting, it's like, going to be, it's going to turn into an action movie. Like, this is the setup, and then mm-hmm. and then this mm-hmm. white guy's going to come in. He's going to save them from a exploding building. Yeah. And while Aquafina's walking in the street on the phone, she runs into a canvasser, has a brief conversation with her. She's not a white guy either. She's, in fact, a woman of color. And then she goes to the laundromat to ask for an extension or a rent. And the person she talks to there, also a woman of color. So it's actually insane. Yeah. It's I've never of, seen that many people know, of color <laughs> in my life. It's starting to feel like an episode of... Uh, Hmm. Why did I forget what it's called? The Twilight Zone. <laughs> no, something's not quite right. Something's a little bit off about this world. <laughs> While Billy's talking to her grandma on the phone, she's like, what was that? She could hear the PA in the background. And um, her grandma hangs up on her. She's mm-hmm. at the hospital getting some tests done. And she's with her sister. And... Um, the sister gets called into the office and we don't hear anything, but it is definitely bad news. Yeah, it is definitely bad news. Um, and before the grandma hangs up, she says, I love you a bunch of times, which is very cute. Yes. You know, oh, <laughs> I loved that actress. Lula Wong apparently had to, that actress, oh, I have her name. Um, Xu Zhen Zhao, uh, is like very famous and a high paid actor in China and Lu Luang had to plead with her to take a low rate and take this role. Wow. And she nailed it. I'm glad she did the movie. She was so good. She's so good. Yeah. Um, oh. So then I'm goes to her parents and they making wontons, they send her home with some and then they tell her her grandma's dying, but she's not allowed to say anything to her. Mm-hmm. And so then she kind of is like floating through the next few hours days and um her parents don't want her to go to china because they're her cousin's getting married but it's more of an excuse for everybody to come home and see um the grandma before she Mm -hmm. dies because she only has about three months they say Mm -hmm. um and they can't tell her that's the reason so the wedding is kind of this big event um so then aquafina decides that she's going and she just shows up to the grandma's house and everybody, including your parents, are very surprised. Yes. And every basically every adult, her uncle and both of her parents are like, you should not have come here. You are a weak, emotional American <laughs> who does not know how to control her feelings or think about other yeah. people. You're not going to be able to hang, dude. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, probably spending time with her grandma, her grandma teaching her these, like, exercises that she does. Mm-hmm. That scene was so cute. Yeah. Um, the scenes with Billy and um, her grandma just always make me smile, because they're just so sweet. They had really good chemistry, also. Really, really good chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Bo and Yang in 
a while ago when the movie came out saying you could tell Aquafina wasn't fluent. She was speaking with an accent. I couldn't tell, but I think she had to learn a lot for this role. Mm. It was probably really hard to learn a new language and then like try to act and yeah. then label the comedy. Yeah. And it not yeah, it doesn't compromise her acting at all. Even if, you know, she wasn't totally comfortable speaking or anything. You know, you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. And I think it also added to the character if she was like, I've lived in the US for a really long time. Well yeah, and everybody was like, You're at your um Mandarin's so bad, so Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was that kinda pretty... that kinda helps. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> she goes to a hotel and the guy who works there just asks her a bunch of questions about America and she's like, I don't know what don't you want. want. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then, let's see. The her dad um, and her go to a spa, mm-hmm. and um, then and the grandma goes with her uncle check out the banquet, and mm-hmm. she kind of uh, argues with the banquet place that it. She ordered lobster. They're trying to give her crab, but she needs to take it easy because she's getting a little too worked up and can tell yeah. that she's not feeling well yeah and this conversation that aquafina has with her dad at the spa is one of these uh one of the 20 percent of scenes in this film that is in english mm-hmm. most of the scenes yeah. where she's talking to one of her parents is in english that seems to be primarily how they speak to each other despite mandarin being the first language of both of her parents i think that's a really smart choice though because like Whenever I go to my grandparents' house, mm-hmm. they speak in Japanese when they don't want us to know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll just be, like, sitting there, and you'll be like, hmm, I wonder they're talking about, and then you hear your name, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that is such a, a authentic choice for Lulu Wong to make of, like, totally the private conversations that, that Aquafina has with her parents or with the doctor about uh, mm-hmm. her grandma in front of her grandma, they do in English. That yeah. is an awesome scene. Yeah. Yeah, that is one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, I so I showed Kim's Convenience to my sister recently, and mm-hmm. I didn't pick up on this at all, but when we were watching it, she like immediately was like, I think the parents are doing fake accents. And we looked they it are. up. They are. And I was like, how did you know that? And she was like, I just feel like if like it had to be for the purpose of the show, because otherwise, if your accent is that thick, wouldn't you just speak to your kids in Korean? And I was like, that is a good point. Yeah, it's interesting, though, because, like, in my family, my grandparents stopped speaking Japanese mm-hmm. to everybody below uh, my mom's oldest brother. Right. Because right. the the kindergarten teacher told them, stop speaking Japanese to him. It's messing up his English. Right. So then it kind of just ruined generations of my family. Right. Uh, not being able to speak Japanese. So but now your I think English is perfect. <laughs> yeah. I think our English is pretty good um, as a family. <laughs> yeah. um, but, like, I, I can see in Kim's convenience how maybe that is also a factor. Mm-hmm. Like they, that is a really good point as well. They maybe choose to speak English to their kids. Totally. Yeah, that is a really good point. There's a scene where the family asks Billy if she's moving to China because the China is better, but then her parents like, there seems to be a little bit the family kind of dissing Aquafina's family for moving to the U.S. and leaving China. And they're like, okay, one, you moved to Japan. Two, you guys are all sending your kids to American colleges. 
Yeah. Uh, like, well, that's for more opportunity. And then Aquafina's like, I don't know, there's like a lot of like guns and healthcare issues in America. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a really fun scene. That was a good scene. I also really like the scene um, where um, Aquafina and her grandma are spending time at the wedding pictures and mm-hmm. uh, just all the advice the grandma is giving Aquafina about like dating and like. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine what these these two can't even take a picture together <laughs> without yeah. my help? I wonder what they do in the bedroom. So, yeah, she, she so thinks that this bride is pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I think it probably can be attributed to the fact that she's been dating this guy for three months and he said, you have to come to China for this wedding, even though neither of us really speak Mandarin. Right, for their wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for our wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. 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 At one point, the dad says, technically, we're Americans because we have American passports. Um, and the Golden Globe said, think about it again, bitch. That doesn't mean anything. That's to actually us. not true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you obtained those documents, but they actually wrote out a list of things that were like, okay, I don't know. You need to take all of these references to America out of this movie. It's actually send it to Lulu Wong. Yeah. <laughs> um so then they learned that um the grandma is in the hospital so everybody Mm -hmm. rushes down there and Mm -hmm. she has an infection Mm -hmm. and so billy talks to the doctor um in english because he speaks english and -hmm. wants to know if he would tell her if he was in their situation Mm -hmm. and he said that when his grandma had cancer they didn't tell her and she says, isn't it wrong to lie? He said, but it's a good lie. Yes. And what I like about this scene is so far, I think Aquafina has a bit, and maybe a lot of the audience is under the impression that these Chinese people who are choosing to do this lie wouldn't make this decision if they were exposed to Western culture and they could like see the error in their ways. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who is like Oxford educated and is like, yeah, I know how Western thinking works. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's better or correct. Like, I have, uh, I can, I have a decent amount of information about both sides, and I still think that this is like a decision that makes sense. I'm a freaking doctor, right? Yeah. And then in the scene after that, in the waiting room while she's getting an X-ray, the the dad is really you know upset he's saying like this would be illegal in america we couldn't do this in america mm-hmm. and his brother says but we're not in america yeah and it and just he, kind of, yeah. he said that's right <laughs> yep okay writing that down that means this yeah. is a foreign language film <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah then her uncle tells her you moved to the West a long time ago, so you still believe that your life belongs to yourself and not that it belongs to other people. Yeah. And also, to be fair, this I, me and Aquafina's real grandma and so many people are like, I would not want this to be what happens to me. I would want to know. Like, I don't want this to be what happens <laughs> to me. I'm not saying that I think what they're doing is right. I am just being defensive over people's gut reaction to thinking that this is like a savage thing that only savages do right and it when it's like just something that it sounds like most chinese families will do or at least consider 